Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Ted Ramey, along with you, as always, hope everyone is having a lovely Memorial Day weekend and that you are able to uh, be happy and healthy. That's the entire outlook for this entire process, but... As we alluded to one week ago, it seems that we are this much closer to having hockey in our lives again. The unfortunate aspect of it is that it's not going to include the San Jose Sharks. And like I talked about last week, I'm okay with that because the Sharks were not what they were supposed to be this year. I think that any entrance into a playoff format this year would only end in disappointment. And I know you can say, well, Ted, we won't find out unless they were actually in it and that they were better than their, what their record actually showed them to be. But you know what? On any given season, the record doesn't lie. It might not meet your expectations. It might not be what you think you see on the ice, but the record doesn't lie. The standings don't lie. The Sharks are what we perceive them to be by way of their record. And of course, this is, One of those instances where two things can be equally true. A, the Sharks were better than what their record showed them to be. And B, the Sharks 100% earned that record. Now, when I say that the Sharks this past year were better than their record, I just mean that there was more talent out there on the ice than what we saw in terms of their final record. Now, obviously, the injuries added up as the season went on, and that caused a decline in performance. But I also see a team that has the ability to regather next year and be much better than what their record was a year ago. I think that when we look at the Sharks, a couple of things are always going to be true when we look back at this last year. They had made an incredible run the year before going deep into the playoffs. They lost one of their key members of their franchise and their team captain, and it just was not the same team. And that's not to take anything away from Logan Couture. That's not to take anything away from Joe Thornton. Patrick Marlowe who comes back to join the team. This isn't on any of them. Sometimes there are just transitional periods for franchises. And I think that when all is said and done, we're going to look back at this previous year of hockey and say this was a transitional year for the San Jose Sharks. And I'm okay with that because as we saw when the Sharks missed the playoffs in the 2014-2015 season, They followed it up in the 2015-2016 season by making the Stanley Cup final. Now, does that mean I think that's necessarily going to happen this upcoming year of hockey? No, but I do think there is something to be said for the San Jose Sharks who do have some older members of their roster. The ability to get them some rest will allow them to be better next year. Eric Carlson's been dealing with injuries and battling to get out there on the ice. He will have had time to heal. Logan Couture, he was dealing with injuries this last year. He will have had time to heal. 
Tomas Hurdle, I don't know when he's coming back. That's a much different injury. Give him as much time as he needs to heal. I think that other younger players are going to develop and become even better and more impactful than they were one year ago. But all of these factors, I think, are going to play into the Sharks having a big rebound year next year as opposed to another year of drop-off. Plus, I do think there was the sense last year that if it could go wrong for the San Jose Sharks, it did go wrong for the San Jose Sharks. One of the positives I take away from this last year, though, is Aaron Dell. He looked better in front of the net. He looked more capable. He looked more comfortable, made some great saves, had some of the best performances of his career. In turn, the downturn in performance we saw from Martin Jones allowed him to be in a bit of a competitive place, A, and B, I think the increased rest allowed him to be a better goalie. And that's what you want. We've seen in the last couple of years in hockey, you're getting more rest to your best goalie. You're giving him more time to recover. You're giving him more time to be fresh the next time he's going into a start. That's exactly the kind of problem the San Jose Sharks want to have. Now, is there a better solution than what they had last year? I don't know. All I do know is that they invested heavily in Martin Jones because of what he's capable of. No goalie has played more minutes since the start of the 2015-2016 season than Martin Jones. I think that is a factor in the downturn in his performance. And I think that if that can be rectified, if you get him the proper coaching, if you get him the proper rest, then that investment can still pay off. I know it's early to start looking ahead to next year, considering we haven't even finished or even restarted this playoff format that we're talking about. But, you know, if, I, if I'm looking at next year, I want to see Patrick Marlowe back. I mean, obviously that's up to him and the San Jose Sharks, but I would like to see him create more history with the San Jose Sharks. And I think that it's good to have him in Teal and playing in San Jose. I think we all like how that feels and how that looks. It was always weird watching him wear someone else's sweater to the border borderline point where it was, it was upsetting to see him wearing someone else's sweater. And now it's that way. When I look at Joe Pavelski wearing, you know, the Dallas colors, it just ain't right. I respect and appreciate what he's doing with his career, but you know, these guys, I associate them Hardcore is being San Jose Sharks and Patrick Marlowe at this point in his career. I think he is a relative bargain. And I think that his experience and his capability at this point in his career are still something that are positive to have associated with the San Jose Sharks off the ice and on the ice. I think he is still contributing. That's why Pittsburgh went out and acquired him for a playoff run. And I hope he gets his chance. But overall, the offense needs to be better, and particularly so if everything's going to go through the blue line like we heard about the organizational design in having Bent Burns, in having Eric Carlson, even having Mark Edward Vlasic. Burns and Carlson need to be the offensive producers that we know they can be. Now, Carlson, it's going to be more in the assist game for him, but Brent Burns, I think that he was trying to do too much last year. I think that he was overextending himself. I think he was putting himself in some bad situations. I think he was on the ice an incredible amount of time. And I think that that is, you know, in terms of rest, in terms of overall energy expenditure, it's something that's got to be mitigated a little bit more. I'm not even going to say properly, just something to be more mindful of. The San Jose Sharks, I think, were in a situation early on, especially with Pete DeBoer last year, where it was not Pete DeBoer's job to figure out what was wrong with Martin Jones or how to figure out how to get the max out of these players. Pete DeBoer's job was to win. He was brought into the San Jose Sharks to win games. It was not his job to develop younger players. It was not his job to do, you know, the, 
the developmental side of things. His job was to win. There was money invested in Martin Jones. There's money invested in You go down the list of all these players. He was going to play those guys and get them to win. That's why I didn't have a problem with him putting Martin Jones out there start after start after start. That's where the franchise had invested the money. That's where the franchise was trying to get the most out of. I get it. It was not Pete DeBoer's job to try and figure out how to fix Martin Jones. He knew what Martin Jones was capable of, and the team was not responding around it. Now, does that mean I absolve Martin Jones? No. Does that mean I absolve the team's defense? No. But Pete DeBoer was trying to maximize an offense and a defensive system, and for him, that was keeping Brent Burns and Eric Carlson on the ice more, having them out there as much as possible, combined with the power play, combined with the penalty kill. It was Pete DeBoer's job to use that talent to the maximum, and it wasn't working out. And we saw that the Sharks made the change to Bob Bugner. Bob Bugner had to try something different at that point. He couldn't keep on doing the same thing that Pete DeBoer had been doing because doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. A, they say that's the definition of insanity, but B, you had to change something. We all could see that. You did not have to be a hockey expert to realize that things were not trending in the right direction for the San Jose Sharks. And this is why when I look at last year overall or this year, I don't even know how to classify it. When I look at the period of time the Sharks played last year that led up to them not being a part of this playoff system that we're seeing coming up, it's that I do think that Bob Bugner rectified some of the problems the San Jose Sharks were having with their current roster. He got them to play more sound on defense. He got better play out of Martin Jones and Aaron Dell. That should be commended. The offense took a drop-off, and there are a multitude of factors for that. They were playing more conservatively, I will say, on defense, which maybe limited as many opportunities. But I also think that when things started trending in the right direction, you were rocked by injuries to Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle, and Eric Carlson. Three of the most important guys on the team. That's not going to help anyone, right? No, Any team trying to withstand that, good luck. But the thing is, the Sharks did not give up. They didn't roll over. Bugner continued to have these guys battling. Bugner continued to have these guys fighting on the ice. Now, let's say those injuries never happened last year. Does that mean the Sharks fight their way back into a playoff spot had the season actually gone on without the coronavirus pandemic? I don't know. But it certainly wouldn't have hurt if you had not lost Logan Couture for that amount of time, if you had not lost Tomas Hurdle to a season-ending injury, if you had not lost Eric Carlson to a season-ending injury. I think these are all factors at play. But this is a no-excuses situation. We all know the talent that exists on the Sharks roster, and they did not perform up to that level. We all know that last year or this year, however you want to classify it, was a disappointment. There's just no getting around that fact. And that brings me back to my earlier point of two things being equally true. The Sharks have a talented roster that has them better than what their record showed this past year. B, the Sharks underperformed, did not live up to expectations, and it doesn't matter what their talent level is. They didn't play well enough. Or they just didn't play well. And that's why as I look ahead to next year, I'm of two minds of A, the Sharks aren't as bad as many people thought they were last year. And B, yeah, they definitely need to make some improvements. They definitely need to get that offense going. They need to figure out what they're going to do in terms of uh, an A and B goalie situation is. So I do know that Aaron Dell is going to be a restricted free agent. So decisions are looming for the San Jose Sharks, but I don't think it's overall as bad as many are perceiving it to be. All right, let's switch gears. 
We now have joining us three award winners from the San Jose Barracuda. The man who won the Most Valuable Player Award, Maxime Latunov, Trevor Carrick, who was awarded the Barracuda's Top Defenseman, and Jeffrey Viel, the man who won the John McCarthy Leadership Award. Join us now. Gentlemen, how are we all doing today? All right, we now have on Morning Tide joining us three members of the San Jose Barracuda, Jeff Viel, Max Latunov, and Trevor Carrick. Gentlemen, what's going on? How we doing? Good. Good. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm chilling, uh, trying to make the most of my time in the uh, in the midst of the shelter in place. I guess the first thing I'll say, and Trevor, I'll, I'll point this at you, man. Like, I, am I supposed to offer condolences at the premature end of the season? Like, I'm trying to find the correct terminology when I talk to guys, you know, in the AHL after the season gets shut down, no playoffs, no nothing. I don't. I don't know really what to say other than like, you know, obviously very serious situation, but generally this just sucks. Cause I know you guys would, would rather be, would rather be playing hockey as normal and such. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's kind of a weird situation right now. Um, just, just the unknown with not knowing what's going on right now and just, um, you know, being home at this early, it's just, it's just odd. So, um, you know, on the plus, it's nice to be home with family and, you know, be, be surrounded by them. But you know, like you said, it's kind of just a waiting game right now. And it, it's just a weird time. And, you know, hopefully this can clear up and we can get back out there as soon as possible. But right now it just seems to be, uh, you know, a waiting game. And uh, uh, we'll just kind of see how it goes. So, Yeah, Trevor, you were named the top defenseman for the Barracuda this year. Just, you know, I know you're not playing with the thought of trying to win awards game in, game out, but if you could just talk about what that means to uh, to have that honor bestowed upon you. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that's not something you kind of go into a season hope, hoping to achieve. You kind of hope for the, the team success aspect of it. Um, but, you know, for me, I was just trying to go into the rink every day and just, just learn and um, lucky for me, there was some some injuries up top, and I was able to play a couple games up top, and kind of just you know see some of those uh, some of those demon up top, and kind of learn from them and notes from them, and I think that helped me out um, throughout the uh, progression of our season. So um, I was just trying to go to the rink every day and get better, and um, you know it was uh, it was nice to get that award too, I guess. So, And Max, you were named the most valuable player uh, for the Barracuda. Um, you know, just if you could talk about your, your growth this year in terms of what you were able to do, 40 points, 28 assists. You also uh, led the team in terms of power play goals and power play assists, or excuse me, second in the team on goals on the power play, first in assists. If you just talk about your game and uh, getting that, that award as well. Yeah, I mean... Like Trevor said, going into the season, you, you don't think about those kind of things. You, you're you hoping for team success. And, uh, you know, but uh, it, it was nice to get that award. And uh, I, I worked really hard in the summer and, uh, you know, came in into the season feeling really good. And uh, uh, being a second-year player is help, helps a lot as well. You know, you, you know the systems, you know the, the players, you know the coaches and uh, – all of that uh, helps a lot, you know, to to succeed. And uh, I'm glad uh, it worked out so far. And Jeff, you were awarded the John McCarthy Leadership Award. And of course, that's in the midst of, you know, John McCarthy going through some of the most trying times of his life and of course of his career. 
with a premature end. If you could just speak to uh, being aw- being awarded that. Yeah, obviously losing J-Mac during the season wasn't easy for, for all the team. You know, we lost a, a great leader for us and a great captain. And, uh, you know, receiving his award is, is a true honor. And, and I was really proud of that. And obviously we have we have a lot of great leaders that had to jump uh, on the boat to, to cover for, for J-Mac leaving. But uh, on that part, I think we all did a pretty great job. In terms of leadership, what, what does that mean to you, Jeff? I mean, are you out there trying to be a rah-rah-rah guy or are you trying to lead by example or is it just finding moments to talk to a guy while he's on the bench um, after a shift, after whether it's good or it's bad? I mean, how do you, how, what does leadership mean to you? Yeah, I think I think it's a mix of all, all just all you said there, but uh, I think the most, the biggest part is just uh, leading by example. You know, you, you know, you want to, uh, you know, be good on the ice and show the example on the ice before, because if you just say words and words, it's, it's not going to matter if you don't do it. So I think just doing it on the ice is, uh, is the most important part to, to be a good leader. Good stuff here. I'll jump back to you, Trevor. You know, right now you guys are, depending on where you are, and I've talked to a lot of guys, they are or are not able to get on the ice. Um, obviously, if you're anywhere near Toronto, we assume that at any other point in the last, you know, 150 years, of hockey history, it's not going to be too hard to find a, a rink. But are are you able to get any time on the ice right now, or is that just is that not available to you as of yet? Um, no, as of now, right now, all uh, all rinks are shut down right now. Even my even my gym that I train at during the summer shut down as well. So um, it's yeah, it's tough to uh, find any any uh, any ice, or even it's tough to even try and stay in shape right now. Just doing some home workouts as, as of now. So. Um, yeah, we'll just kind of see how it goes. But right now the, the rinks are shut down and, um, haven't been on the ice in a while. So it's been weird. Yeah. I imagine and Max, I saw you nodding along and you're in Connecticut right now. So I assume it's the, the same for you. You've not been able to get on any ice. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just a waiting game right now. Everything's shut down and, uh, you know, tough times, but, uh, to see positive in it is you you spend more time with the family and friends. Um, so, but as of right now, yeah, just everything shut down and, uh, just a waiting game. And Jeff, I'm assuming it's the same for you. Uh, no ability to get on the ice. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's pretty hard here in Montreal. There's a lot of cases and everything. So pretty much everything is closed. Um, I, I bought some rollerblades and just, you know, rolling around trying to, trying to do what I can. And, you know, (laughs) trying to uh, work out at home, but, uh, you know, obviously it's not what we're used to. So have you, I, you guys are, I'm 37. So I much be like a, an, an old guy to you guys, but back in the late nineties, there was a roller rollerblade hockey league on ESPN, um, where it used to have like a banked, a rink that went up behind the nets. Have you guys ever seen the footage of that? Just out of curiosity, or is it might just blowing your mind with knowledge from the nineties right now? Trevor, well, I know Ted, I, uh, is it like a hockey? Is it a hockey rink or? Well, it was it, it was it was on the rollerblades, so it was a, it was like a street rink. But they used to have like a banked, like the rink would bank behind the net, so you could like kind of go up on an angle and come around. It was it was you know it was very nineteen nineties, but it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, me neither. <laughs> yeah. They got roller hockey now. I know that, but I don't I don't yeah. recognize. The- yeah, I used to play <laughs> roller hockey when I was younger. Yeah, no, I think that it was it was short lived. It was when ESPN two was trying to find anything to put on 
you know, get up and go and cover 24 seven uh, sports broadcasting. But I was bringing up the rollerblades always made me think of that. Um, so I'll ask you guys, cause you know, you've said it's hard to stay in shape right now. Um, I mean, are you try? is there a stick handling drills you can do? I mean, are you going back to stuff you would do when you were a kid, when you didn't have the things that you have available to you now as, as professionals? Like, how do you go about trying to keep your game sharp, especially since you don't know when exactly everything's going to start up again? You don't, I mean, usually there's a very set schedule in the hockey world right now. It's, it's anything but so wh- whoever wants to jump in and on that one, I'll let you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I- I think I'll speak for the most uh, guys. I think uh, you always want to work on, you know, off ice and like you said, stick handling, little things like that. And I think uh, a lot of guys are able to do that. And like Jeff said, he bought roller skates. I have roller skates as well. And uh, sometimes, you know, go cruise around with the ball or uh, a park that slides on concrete. So Jeff or Trevor, either you have anything you've been working on? Well, yeah, it's pretty much like Max said, you know, just, Try to go outside. I live close to a rink, so I just go in the parking lot and, you know, do some simple stick handling drills and shooting and, and stuff. So, you know, like I said earlier, just try to do what we have. And uh, what about you, Trevor? Yeah, I think for me, I just, just try to keep muscle on right now. I haven't really been doing a whole lot of hockey-specific um, stick handling or anything like that. I'm just trying, to, just trying to stay busy outside, trying to stay in shape um got one of those peloton bikes i don't know if you've ever heard one of those yeah. so i've been hopping on that in the morning and uh just trying to do some little projects around the house keep busy and uh yeah just trying to be able to spend my days outside really getting back to the to the hockey that occurred this last year obviously this was a an odd year for you guys in terms of you know not you weren't on pace to to make the playoffs before everything got shut down your entire coaching staff gets flipped around in december when you know, you get guys going up to to the Sharks and such. I'll just, you know, we'll start with you, Trevor. Like, what was that like just to have the entire year kind of flipped on its head like this? Because you're going to look back, you know, 20, 30 years from now, I'm pretty sure, and say nothing was quite like that 2019-2020 season, whether it was, you know, having the change of coaches and having two co-head coaches or when everything was shut down due to the coronavirus. Yeah, no, I think it was one of the weirdest bizarre years I'll probably ever be a part of especially coming to a new team with you know all the new faces and just trying to learn the new systems and just trying to adapt to everything and you know even living in San Jose everything is so different and they kind of have that bomb drop on us a uh, quarter of the way through the season with the coaches and stuff and you know having the two coaches uh, Bones and Chaser who you know I thought you know put in the position they were they, they did a great job and they handled it well but um, having such a young group like we did, uh, obviously we struggled a bit, and um, you know, the having the start we had too didn't help us out either. So, uh, yeah, like you said, looking back on it, it'll be it'll be a weird one, but um, I think we got a lot of potential going in the future. We got a young group, good guys, and um, I, I just I'm really looking forward to next season whenever that can start up. Really, so yeah. <laughs> And, you know, Jeff, I, I hear you, you know, kind of laughing at that. And, you know, it's true. It's like whenever no one knows when things are going to start back up. But was it was it frustrating, Jeff, the fact that you guys were getting better and and then the shutdown happens? It's like you feel like you're turning that corner. You're becoming the team that you guys want to be. And then suddenly everything's OK. We're going to shut it down. Everybody go their separate ways. And, you know, it's kind of out there as an unknown of when things will start up again. Yeah, it was kind of frustrating the way it ended, but. The good news is that we have a long summer to 
you know, work on things all, all together and all to ourselves too. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, a disappointing season for sure, but, uh, you know, we we can learn from that, I think, and we're going to come stronger next year. Yeah, and Max, you know, just the idea of you you got to, you know, get some time in at the NHL level and score that first goal. And, you know, obviously you were a part of the team that was trending in the right direction with the Barracuda. What are you looking at in terms of what you want to specifically improve with your game? And then in terms of how you view the Barracuda going forward, you know, what, what was going right towards the end when the team did start to play better? Yeah, I think uh, everyone, I think we all realized what we – can contribute to the team specific, you know, specifically from e- each other, and uh, I think everyone bought in at the end. And uh, like, like everyone said, it's it's disappointing that the way it ended, but uh, um, that's something positive to to look at in the summer and uh, work uh, have a long summer to work on those mistakes we did at the beginning. And uh, I think uh, it's going to be a completely different season next season. So. Um, but personally, I think uh, just you know stay stay healthy and uh, work uh, work really hard in the summer again, and uh, um, you know don't change too much and uh, come into training camp and be ready. Trevor, we'll go to the last question for you guys because I know you want to get back. What, what if you, everybody's talking about the last dance right now? Ten part series on Michael Jordan and the Bulls and such. Who is what's what's a guy or a team? or a story in sports that you would like to see uh, a documentary done on out, outside of, uh, you know, the, what we just saw with Michael Jordan, the bulls. Ooh, that's a, that's a hell of a question. Um, <laughs> just like a specific, like a, uh, like on a player or a player team, you know, it doesn't, you know, I don't need, uh, I don't need the specifics for a producer right now, but like what, what, what era or what team or what guy do you, would you like to go deep on? I've always been a Tiger Woods fan, but I'm sure there's probably some good documentaries on him. But if they were to do something like The Last Dance on him and just kind of um, just see his childhood and how he progressed throughout his career, I think that would be uh, – and, like, get really in-depth into it. I think yeah. that would be pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure if there's something already out um, that's like that, but um, I'd be uh, – I'd be really into that. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think there was a documentary. I know there's some books that go specifically into, like, his time at Stanford and right when he was making his way into the pros, but not too – I mean, I know that the the stuff with his dad is is relatively well-documented, but I don't think there's, like, a uh, a long-term documentary. That would be, be pretty dope. Yeah, I'd like to hear his aspect and, like, his thoughts <laughs> on, you know, some ter- tournaments and stuff like that. I think that would be pretty cool, but – that's the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, no, that would that'd be sick. Max, what about you? Well, yeah, no, I honestly agree with Trevor because I personally got into golf like a couple of years ago when, when I first came to San Jose. You know, you kind of have ability to golf all year round and uh, uh, kind of, you know, fell in love with the game. And uh, I think uh, that would be cool to see a documentary on Tiger Woods as well. Yeah, for sure. And Jeff, what about you? Yeah, I don't know. I I just like to see documentaries on you know guys that have that had uh, you know uh, kind of a tough story. You know, like just like you know came 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 from behind or whatever. So I can't think of a person right now, but I think it, it'd be a good uh, good good thing to see somebody that's had it uh, tough during the year and uh, you know just a good documentary. I don't know. I I'd like to see a Sidney Crosby uh, documentary for sure. 
Uh, I think that'd be good. Obviously, he played in, in Quebec, so I might have a little bit of an attachment from, from there. But, uh, yeah. Jeff, are you a golfer as well, or are you just uh, on the outside from uh, from Trevor and Max? No, I, I like playing golf, too. I play uh, I play a lot of golf uh, in San Jose and uh, during the summer, too. So Nice. Of the three, you guys, who's the best? Ooh. I say Trevor. Trevor, probably. yeah, Trevor. <laughs> you guys think? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not that good, but I like to spend. I like to spend my summers out there, so I enjoy it. Nice, good deal. Well, I will let you guys go. I really appreciate your time. I'm very much looking forward to when we are talking about hockey and normal hockey activities uh, sooner rather than later. And uh, when that happens, I'll be bugging you guys again. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Sounds Thanks. good. Again, that was Trevor Carrick, Max Latunoff, and Jeff Fiel of the San Jose Barracuda, three members uh, who I think represent potentially bright futures for the San Jose Sharks organization and just good guys to talk to. I enjoyed uh, talking to all of them. We had uh, Max on earlier in the year, and he was a really good uh, conversation guy to have. And I loved it in the background. He was in Connecticut. You can just hear birds chirping in the background. I was like, that seems like such a peaceful place to be right now. Just hanging out outside, listening to the birds, enjoying yourself, having a chat. It all just seems so relatively normal. That's that's what I appreciated about it. Um, but the thing about talking with teammates like that, and that's what's really fun about having these group chats, is you get a sense of the team dynamic. You get a sense of the, how these guys' personalities are. I think that when you go one-on-one with guys, sometimes they, they try to be totally the interview subject. They try to give you these long, thoughtful answers. But when you get guys in a group setting, more of that team dynamic sets over. You get a sense of who they are in relationship um, to their teammates. So I thought that was cool. And you could hear that these guys were close. They all got along with each other, uh, talking about their golf game and such. So I appreciate that aspect of it. And I like getting the, uh, again, the, the team aspect of it and just seeing everything that maybe goes on a little bit in the dressing room or at least a little bit a bit of a peek behind the curtain or behind closed doors however you want to view it but I, I enjoyed talking to those guys and I'll just seem like good dudes any way you get down to it and you can see why they uh you know it's not just the performance on the ice I think the personality goes a long way in these in these awards so props to them and again I look forward to seeing their careers uh, as players and as individuals continue to develop We're about out of time on this edition of Morning Tide. Of course, the big news that came out this past week is that the NHL Players Association approved the 24-team return-to-play format. The vote was 29-2, to so that's overwhelmingly in favor of this. So, again, unfortunately that it is not going to include the Sharks, and, of course, this process has a long way to go before it's going to be a reality, but each week we keep on taking steps closer and closer to the return of hockey and the return of sports overall. All right, a big thanks to you for tuning in as always. A big thanks to Max Latunoff, Trevor Carrick, and Jeffrey Viel for joining me for an interview. And a big thanks to the San Jose Sharks for making the show a reality as always. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.